Well, this is going to sound a little different. Welcome to the Bavada Ad Odds Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. The head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com is Patrick Morrow. If this sounds different, it's because we are coming to you from Section 8 of the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, where the New Jersey Devils are playing host to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We told you we were going to do a podcast during a hockey game, and gosh darn it, we are doing it. <laughs> Seth, it's a pleasure to be here. It's so good to see you in person finally, and uh, I can't believe we're actually doing this here in New Jersey, the Toronto Make Believes, the New Jersey Devils. Devils currently on a power play in this one, and folks, the reason why we're doing this is to show you a little bit of how the sausage is made in this one. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, one of the hotter teams in hockey, great deadline team this year. Uh, they closed this one as minus 140 favorites at Bavada. They are currently on the power play. And this is great timing because we're able to show you what that means to an in-play line. So I told you the Devils were minus 140, Seth. They are currently minus 170. So that goes to show you that, ooh, big, big save, big save, folks. You'll have to imagine that one. But uh, every minor penalty like this is usually worth anywhere from 2 to 3% on those adjusted money line odds, especially early in the game. So like I said, you're getting to see a little bit of how the sausage is made. So did you ever want to do play-by-play? -play? Was, that, was that what you were – is this your audition? Is that what you're doing with this podcast? Listen, are you going to give me a grading? What do you think? It wasn't bad. It, it, the fact is somebody's listening to this and they're going to go, wait a minute, Toronto lost that game. Well, you know what, Seth? I mean, the important thing right now is that it's still 0-0, so I'm calm, I'm cool, I'm composed. I'm looking at the Bavada mobile page and checking the in-game odds, and I'm seeing that this penalty kill is going pretty well in our favor. The Devils' odds are currently trickling back down to minus 150. That's looking pretty good for the Leafs. Gosh, they started this game off really, really gross, though. I think they got their first shot 10 minutes into the first period. Uh, Timo's already on the board with a shot. Should have been a goal. Devils have been playing better so far. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's long way to go. Leafs got, uh, still got a good chance of this one. Now, since you've already told me this off air, first of all, this is the first time. This is We've easily done over 100 episodes of this uh, podcast. And you, you did... You appeared on my Sports with Friends podcast before that. So we've known each other for multiple years. This is the first time we've ever been in person together. Uh, after doing this trip, do you prefer Zoom? No, I feel good because uh, when Seth first greeted me, folks, the very first words out of his mouth were, you're a little bit taller than I expected. So right out of the gate, uh, if we accomplish nothing else on this trip at this game, uh, you know, a feather in my cap right there. So that was true. You, you didn't, you, I didn't think you were that tall. I, 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 I just didn't. What were your impressions of the building? How, how do you like the building? I, I love the Prudential Center. By the way, if we score right here. Oh, hit the post. Did you hear that? I hope that audio came on the podcast. I mean, you probably heard that ping in uh, Section A's but. The Devils should have three goals by now. Ooh, and, oh, that's right on the skate. That'll leave a mark. That's a block shot. That's not going to be updated in the in-game odds, but that's uh, oof, that's tough to see. Yeah, he's going to have a boo-boo. Yeah. I love the natural sound. Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is So we are now seven and a half minutes remaining in the first period. Devils out shooting the Leafs 10 to 2. Uh, Player prop shots is a really big bet at Bavada right now. A lot of sharp players like to take that. 
Uh, Timo was over under three and a half shots. Now he's got at least one on goal, maybe two. We'll have to check the box score as of He closed at three and a half, minus 160. And I got to tell you, for you guys betting the NHL, if you don't like the game line stuff, total shots, total saves by goalies, that is the stuff our sharp players really like to bet into. You'll see a lot of line movement on that, way more than on the game line itself. So free tip to you there, folks, if you're looking for maybe a different way to bet into these games. Wow, you're on your game today. Uh, you know what? I This is one day a year. If they Listen, if Avada lets us do this again, I'm going to bring this every week. So listeners, make your voices heard. Bavada, thank you for giving us this opportunity. We're, we're trying our best. Tell them how much you like this. This edition of the podcast, you know, the one thing uh, about in-game betting, that's changed a, a great deal in mobile betting. That, that, that's part of the, the whole change in the outlook. For people who are listening that know the traditional betting, it only was done in sportsbooks. Now with mobile, mobile gambling, that can happen anywhere. Absolutely, and uh, while we've had uh, in-game wagering for you know 15 years at Bavada now, we've really seen, especially in the last 10, just this transition from you know there's in-game betting, people are still betting from their computer, but now mobile betting makes up more than 90% of our in-game betting at Bavada and the majority of our pre-match wagering now. So it's not just about having a good website anymore; it's about having a really good mobile app, a really good in-game experience. I'm looking at the Bavada webpage now. I can see. Oh my God! <laughs> That's a live candid reaction right there. Devils should have had their fourth of the period, still not one. Devils are buzzing right now. Yeah, but you know, if you have a good mobile app, then you can be like I am at my phone, on my phone, at the Prudential Center. I've got the scoreboard there. So even if I wasn't at the game, and I prefer being at the game, but even if I wasn't at the game, we've got who's on the attack, how much time left. When TJ Brody got that two-minute minor a few minutes ago, that popped up on my screen. So if you don't have as good a seat as Seth and I do and you're wanting to bet these games, we do a great job at Bavada of giving you everything you need to make you feel like you're at the game. What's your thoughts on this, uh, this arena? How does this rank from other arenas you've been at? It's honestly set. This is a beautiful arena. This is my first time at the Prudential Center, as we noted. I've been to a lot of Leaf games in Toronto, a lot of uh, Montreal Canadian games. Been to a fair share of Bruins games, which history there, arena's kind of eh. This is, this is a beautiful spot to watch a game, though. I've got to say, the in-game, the on-site experience, food's good. Looking forward to hitting that buffet at the intermission, but uh, I'm impressed so far. I'm impressed. The, um, have you been to the men's room? Have I been to the men's room? Not yet. I, I got one complaint, because we've talked about this on the podcast before. My, my biggest complaint of the Prudential Center is if you go to the women's or the men's room, I've been told this applies to the women's room. I've never been in the women's room. But what they have at all of the the urinals, toilets, whatever it is, they have devil's logos engraved on all the handles. That must have cost the construction company a pretty penny. Now, that's not the current owners of the franchise, what I don't understand is there's no way that's cheaper than auto flush. Why don't they have auto flush here? Why are you touching those gross handles? I, 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 I still don't understand that. Listen, in an age of automation, I'm with you. Uh, we have a lot of automation driving a lot of our in-game stuff they're putting out there right now. I'm comfortable with it handling my everyday toilet experience too. I. 
I, I'm really concerned. I hope that, you know, I don't want to, but I'd be curious to see what a blue light situation would show in the crevices of those engraved devil symbols, because those are hard to clean. Listen, someone's fancy idea, I think that's a big miss. I guess my only complaint about the arena so far. I, I want a, an iTunes review for the podcast. Morrow broke down the in-game odds on the Leafs power play. Everett talked about urinals. <laughs> hey, listen, we speak to what we know, Seth. It is also uh, a big week for college basketball. And before this game, we sat down and broke down a couple of the basketball tournaments, as well as talked about some NFL free agency. Let's get to that now. The ACC tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina, the ACC's had a down year, and there's not as many at-large bids. How much does that change the way this tournament is perceived by betters? Seth, I think what makes this tournament uh, very cool uh, each year, but especially this year, is uh, how meaningful these games are, how many teams will be playing, because they won't have those automatic bids come March. There are so many teams that will be playing for their March lives that are hoping to avoid the NIT. And maybe for some of these teams, not naming anyone specific, Syracuse, uh, the NIT might be all they have going for them. We're not even eligible for the NIT. Not a, no, nope. The NIT said no thanks. The only chance Syracuse can even continue is they have to win four games, and that's not happening. So uh, any listeners who are thinking about placing a bet, bet this. Syracuse not winning. And that will not pay much, Seth, because right now Syracuse is currently 100-1 to win the ACC tournament. Uh, I'd have to say some of the more interesting teams right there is Duke. Duke, who's finally found themselves back in the rankings, the AP Top 25 rankings, after a really slow start to the season. John Shire's first year, Coach Shevsky off to the sidelines. Duke really took some time to find their way, but they are actually the favorite to win the ACC tournament at Bavada. They are plus 250. They are taking the most amount of money so far, so they're kind of being seen as a team on the rise right now, something to watch for for sure. All the conference tournaments can be found on the website, but let's take a look at the SEC tournament. Now, this is one where Auburn comes into play. This is a legitimate national title contender. What is the action for Auburn betters? Is it a futures bet on the NCAA tournament, or is it something for the conference tournament? You know what, Seth? It's pretty wide-ranging, and uh, again, a really interesting tournament with a lot of different narratives going in different direction. We have Auburn that has been good all season. Alabama that wasn't expected to be as good as they are and now have some controversy surrounding the program right now. Tough loss against Texas A&M the past weekend, but still a very good team, both by the odds and by the analytics. And I would say, similar to what we've seen in the ACC and Duke starting to come on late, we have seen Kentucky come out of nowhere. A lot of people calling for Coach K's job at the beginning of the year. Very, very slow start. And they're now a team that's looking like they could be a real March dancer. I'd say they're the most intriguing of all the SEC teams. You can get them at 5-1 to one at Bavada. I think they're the most interesting bet out there so far. But again, a really wide open tournament. And a lot of teams like Arkansas, who's taken a step back this year after some good March runs, that maybe need a really good run in that tournament if they want to have a pretty good lifespan throughout the rest of March. In the NFL, free agent quarterbacks is always something that a lot of people in the gambling world take a look at. Derek Carr to the Saints, a lot of people didn't have that in their pools. Uh, what is the ramifications? How does that change the Saints' outlook? And then, of course, what is the also other ramifications if Aaron Rodgers is on the move? Yeah, so Seth, we once again find ourselves uh, 
as much as we're looking at March Madness, as much as we're looking at the Combine and trying to prep for the draft, uh, with free agent QBs and in a league that is so QB-driven, we've got to be on top of uh, not just Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and oh my goodness, I think Tom Brady again, I just saw a tweet. But uh, what we've seen in the odds so far, we've seen the Saints move from 40 to 1 down to 30 to 1. We have seen the Packers' odds kind of drift higher a little bit, as it does appear to be a little bit more likely that he is on his way out. However, we've seen this story before. This seems to be an annual thing with him. So the Packers are currently 33 to 1. If he leaves, they will jump as high as 50 to 1. If he stays, they will drop 20 to 1. So they're kind of stuck in the middle right now. And that's a good context point for betters if they're waiting to make a move. I would say the other interesting team out there is the New York Jets. They have been mentioned as a potential landing spot. That is a team with a lot of talent offensively, except at the QB position. If they are able to get Aaron Rodgers, they will dip inside the teens of the futures odds. However, they are currently sitting in limbo at 25 to 1 at Bavada. All right, back here at Prudential Center. So we were just talking about Aaron Rodgers. And all I wanted to say that when the Jets met with him, I wanted to tweet, were they going to make it in the dark? Like, <laughs> is, is he still in the dark? Like, if, if Aaron Rodgers comes to New York, I live about 10 minutes from the Jets headquarters. I have, even since we started the At Odds podcast, I have covered the New York Jets. So if the New York Jets sign Aaron Rodgers, for my entertainment purposes only, that is going to fully entertain me. That's what it's going to do. What will Aaron Rodgers do? Will it affect Jets' futures? And what will it do to Green Bay Packers? Because they'll move on to Jordan Love, and I know the fan base will be excited. I think the Green Bay fan is ready to move on. Yeah, you know what, Seth? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, weirdly, you know, he came up uh, behind Brett Favre, who did the annual Will He, Her, Won't He? And now Aaron Rodgers, who was very frustrated by that, is really mimicking that kind of behavior. Uh, if you're the Jets, I think you, you hold your nose and you take that upgrade at QB because you have a history of your QBs being the Mark Sanchez types. The Wilson types. Uh, Mike White. Sam Darnold. What's that? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. You've had uh, Mike White before he was broken into a million pieces last year. I, I, I think you do it. I think you like it. I think you've got a short window, and I think if you're a Jets franchise with a GM and coach that really probably needs to see their team take a big step forward, you definitely make that move. You definitely pay whatever it takes. And for whatever anyone thinks about Aaron Rodgers, he is still – easily a top 10 maybe a top 5 QB in the league uh, regardless of whatever comes out the other end of that holistic chamber. I didn't cut you off when we were recording earlier but the fact that Derek Carr yeah, I tried to be. When Derek Carr signed with the Saints the Jets almost have to right? I I, I mean the the Jets almost almost have to you know we're here by the way and the the make-believes have uh scored a goal so they're up one nothing uh that's what patrick wants to talk about but i'm going to ask him about Derek carr because that's what i want to ask him about i listen i think you were a lot more excited to talk about the devils until there was a scoring change in this one but uh you know 
Well, uh, you can hear the crowd. Talk about the cheap shot that the Maple Leafs guy did on my guy, Miles Wood. Listen, he was raising his elbow to defend himself. That uh, was a cheap shot. That was garbage. Should have been a penalty. Listen, we got away with one. I'm happy to say that you guys have been far and away the much better team in this game through 30 minutes of gameplay, but uh, the Maple Leafs are still on the board. Uh, Calais, Calais Yarncrock dusting off uh, my Scandinavian pronunciation there. He was 25-1 to 1 today to be the first goal scorer at Bavada. Not anyone who expected to be hitting the lamp uh, early on. Uh, Austin Matthews, only the other Leaf, the, really the only other Leaf besides Samsonov and Nett, who has been playing really well in this one, really stealing this one early for the Devils. But looking back at Carr and the Saints, and uh, I think you're right about the Jets. They have to make a move because otherwise they are a team in waiting. They are a team missing that one piece, and that one piece is a QB. I don't think they're moving up in the draft. I don't think they have that ability to do so. I think they have to pay whatever they're going to pay. And if they do, listen, they're still in the division with the Bills. They're still in the division with the Dolphins. But to be relevant this year, to say that they took that step forward, to be an 8 or 9 or maybe even a 10-win team, I think they got to go all in. Just to set the scene here, we're not media members, so we're sitting in the stands. So we didn't feel compelled to, like, dress professionally. You're wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, and I'm wearing a New Jersey Devils jersey, and you're in New Jersey. And I just want to tell you, the last time the Maple Leafs were here, the Devils had three goals called against them, and the fans got unruly to the extent of my 14-year-old was with me, and she said to me, and she'd never done this in her 10 years of coming to games, she said, I don't feel good about this place. This, this doesn't look good. And we left. And not because the game was out of hand or anything like that. We just, she's like, I'd rather watch this game on TV. And we left and they wound up throwing beer and notably chicken fingers were thrown onto the ice. So I just want you to know that if this gets nasty tonight, you're in a Maple Leafs jersey. I will tell everyone I don't know you. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm glad we have it on the record. That if, if, if this gets violent, uh, you're on your own. Yeah, that's okay. Listen. Now, I'll, if you lose the jersey, I, I got you back. Under the jersey, Seth, is a hoodie that says Toronto versus everybody. So I don't know that I'm doing myself any more favors by taking the jersey off. I did not. And underneath that, it just says, I hate New Jersey on a T-shirt. You know that I love New York shirt? It's, it's kind of like that, but the opposite. So. I clearly didn't pack accordingly for this trip. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the three goals this loud in the previous game. If you hadn't brought that up, I'm lucky to be sitting in a section where the people around me, having spotted my jersey, have brought that up multiple times. So I am I am doing my best to keep my nose down, quietly enjoy where we're at so far. The Leafs, of course, up one nothing with nine minutes left. They are the in-game favorite right now at minus 170. A lot of game left to play. Like I said, the Devils have been the better team so far. I'm, you know, I'm hoping for a good game. I'm quietly hoping the Leafs do it, but I'm not going to say that much louder than that, Seth. All right, and through the magic of podcasting, we're now like eight minutes left in the third. And it's now miraculously 3-2 New Jersey. So you'll notice the tone of my voice has totally changed. Just like that, just like that. Like in 10 seconds in a podcast, I went from being down in the dumps to suddenly now I'm in a good mood. And through the magic of a podcast, 
by the end of this podcast, I will either be thrilled or miserable. I mean, Seth, uh, in the spirit of consolation, uh, I feel far safer than I did about five, ten minutes ago. So, uh, you know, the people around me, they weren't doing so good after Marner made it 2-1 for the Leafs. Uh, but the Devils tied it up quickly. Palat, Hanna put them up 3-2 with a nice little reflection. They are currently minus 900 favorites inboard now. This is where we see a lot of players love to jump in on that puck line because of the propensity of teams to go early with those goaltender pullings. There's a lot more games in 2023 that end up 5-2, 6-3 in scenarios like this. So we'll, we're mindful of that at Pavada. This is where the Sharps like to come in. But uh, yeah, you know what? I still hope the Leafs uh, even it up. But uh, if nothing else, I feel a little bit safer in my Leafs jersey right now. You know, in the past on the podcast, we've talked about comebacks. Comebacks more prevalent in hockey, basketball, because they're not in baseball. <laughs> they're definitely not in baseball, not nearly as much. NBA, we've definitely seen over the last five years with faster pace of play, more three-point shooting, that those comebacks are a little bit more likely, far more dramatic. Having said that, uh, again, the early goaltending pulling and the fact that uh, it, it's become a much more high-variance sport than it was five years ago. NBA still leads in more unexpected comebacks, at least related to the odds in game, but NHL is catching up. So as I say all of that, hopefully I'm teasing what will shortly be a Leafs comeback. Oh, I say that and the Devils just missed another one. But uh, yeah, we are 823 left, Devils up 3-2, minus 900. The comeback still very much in play though for the Maple Leafs. The, um, okay, so, so I want to get you on celluloid here since you know we're using audio tape to record this podcast. Hypothetically, you are in. We're both. Both these teams are in the Eastern Conference, and neither are going to be a wild card, right? So New Jersey can finish one or two, most likely. Probably two, maybe one. Toronto most likely is going to finish two, right? Tampa's probably not going to catch them, and they're not catching Boston. So the chance in the conference final, New Jersey could face Toronto again. Toronto would have to get past Boston. I mean, uh, to quote Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Right. New Jersey would have to get past Carolina and the Rangers. The Leafs it's, it's would have a, to escape the first round, which they haven't done that in the last while of my... So, okay. yeah. So there's a lot of hypotheticals. For a lot. Okay. So what I'm, what I'm getting at here... What I'm getting at is there's a chance that these teams face each other again this season in a playoff series. What I'm saying is if that happens, if the small chance that these two teams meet again, your your body your body must be in New Jersey again. Well, you know what, Seth? If the kind, thoughtful, wonderful, beautiful people at Marketing and Bavada could see it in their ever so kind and wonderful hearts to send me out here for what has been such a fruitful, positive experience with you that is surely going to convert so many players to listen to this broadcast and join the site, I, I think it would be a massive miss on their part if we didn't do that. So. I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a fait accompli, but surely those brilliant, brilliant people at Bavada would happily put us together again for that. What a, 
I mean, but think about all the things that would have to ch happen. Look, I'm on record as saying, if I had a chance, I said this last week on this podcast, if you had to ch take Boston or the field, I'm taking the field. You got to take the field because as good as the Bruins are, and they really are quite up there. And I'm not disrespecting them. They're great. It's, it's, it's a difficult trophy to win, Seth. Uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, they are one of the best regular season teams we've seen the last five, ten years for sure. And having said all of that, they are still 4-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup because that's a lot of best four to sevens. That's a lot of goalies that might get hot. That's Four lot. rounds. That's a, that's a lot of overtime games where the puck needs to bounce your way. I, at the risk of cursing, but I feel with the people around me, I'm in good company. Shit happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Seth. And uh, as good as the Bruins are, it is still, if you make that postseason tournament, it is anyone's trophy to win. The uh, Maple Leafs, I, I will say, the Maple Leafs, uh, because they're kind of locked into their position right now, they don't have much to play for in the next three to four weeks. Like, they just have to get healthy and make sure that their goalie situation is, is situated. Like, they don't have a, a dogfight on their hands. The, New Jersey is a, in a totally different spot. They, as the two seed, don't want to play the Rangers. So they write, you know, coming into today's game, uh, you know, again, when you're listening to this podcast, the, the results will have been known. And Carolina's playing today, and we're not looking at the scores. But if they could catch Carolina and play the wild card, that's a big difference than playing the Rangers in the first round because of what you said, the goalie, and having to face Shesterkin. You don't want to do that. Now, you could argue you don't want to go up against Ovechkin. You don't want to go up against uh, the Lightning. I, I understand all that, but the reality of it is, is I, I live in New Jersey. I've been a Devils fan for 40 years. I don't want to play the Rangers in the first round. And Seth, actually, you make a really good point about uh, the wild card situation that the Devils are potentially looking at versus the Maple Leafs. Because the Maple Leafs have, even if they lose tonight or win tonight, they are behind the Devils in the Eastern Conference race. But they just happen to be in the right division right now. So as a result, even though the Devils are playing much better hockey than the Maple Leafs of late, they are leading them in points. The fact that the Leafs are able to avoid that matchup in the first round, they still lead the Devils on the futures board at Bovada. We talked about it last week, the Devils hovering around 14, 15 to one. Uh, they're still the, uh, the favorite to win tonight with now 528 remaining in the third period. Those odds have drifted up to minus 1200, but they will still, regardless of the result tonight, be behind the Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup futures odds. And part of that is because the Devils have a tougher path. Or you can just scratch everything I just said because the Maple Leafs came back, just did everything I didn't want to see. This team stinks. This all thing stinks. This podcast stinks. Let's just talk European football again. I don't want to do this anymore. What the hell did you come into my town for? Oh, listen. Gloat. Come on, do it. I dare you. Gloat. I, I'm looking around to my left and right side. Just going to have to walk out separately. Well, listen, I, I've i got my Maple Leafs jersey. I've got my Toronto versus everybody. Uh, a few other offensive stuff. I think I'm going to leave here bare shirt. But uh, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here with a W. How do you like that? So 
Yeah, as, as Seth uh, noted, uh, given the sour tones and his very willingness to pack it all in, folks, uh, call it a Bavada at Odds podcast. That's it. That's a wrap after however 100-plus episodes we've done. That's correct. Austin Matthews has sealed the Devils' fate. 4-3 Toronto. Juicy in-game odds. Juicy anytime goal score for someone like Matthews. We didn't hit the Gordie Howe hat trick tonight. That was available for, for, at 40-1 to 1 at Bavada. We had some penalties out there. We had some goals, but we didn't see someone do all three. And you are positively giddy. This is nauseating. Hey, listen, I just... The scariest people around us have departed, so I'm feeling safer by the second. Hey, there we go. There... Hey, that's organic content right there, folks. Uh, what can you say? The Maple Leaf fans travel well. Seth says maybe as well as the Nashville Predators, but, uh, you know, I, I think we do okay. And Listen, we were slouches to start this one. The Devils absolutely crushed us in the first period. And, hey, listen, I even noted I bet the Devils going into this one because I thought they were good. But, boy, I'm going to take this consolation pretty, pretty well. Listen, man, it was great to have you here. Uh, you, it was really cool to hang in person. Uh, you were more fun off the air than you were even are on the air. I don't know what we're going to do next week. It's going to be really weird going back to the old way of doing this podcast. I listen. I the only I'm spoiled now. The only thing I'm going to look forward to is I can do that in t-shirt and underwear. Uh, I don't get fancy for the podcast except when I travel. Listen, yeah, but I didn't know what you did then that way. That's true. I, I can't believe I wore a suit out here, and uh, you know. But hey, listen. I always look to overimpress, overdress. First impressions are very meaningful, folks, whether it's your first time meeting a good friend who you do a silly show with or the first time you have to travel into the Prudential Center and just let them know who's really in charge in the East right now. All right, we're at the Rock here with the uh, engraved urinals. We'll see, we'll see you next week here on the Bavada Add-On Podcast. Thank you very much, folks, for listening. Thanks to Bavada for making this happen. We hope you like this kind of content. We hope you like how you saw how the sausage was made. Until next week.